The Insider's Guide to Energy Hydrogen mini-series is brought to you by the Hydrogen Dialogue Summit and Expo, taking place December 6th and 7th at Nuremberg Exhibition Center. This edition of the Insider's Guide to Energy Hydrogen mini-series is brought to you by FORS, a leading international strategy and management consultancy with focus on the entire trading value chain. Welcome to Insider's Guide to Energy Hydrogen series. My name is Chris Sass, and with me is co-host Roman Kernart. Roman, what are we going to talk about today? Hi, Chris. Welcome again to another episode of our podcast. Today, very exciting guest. We have Daniel Vrage here from EEX, who will tell us a little bit more about how EEX will support the setup of a new price discovery mechanism or a new, basically, market prices for green hydrogen. So welcome, Daniel. It's good to have you here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to join the show, Chris and Roman. So before we dive into prices, market prices for green hydrogen, Daniel, maybe you want to tell us a little bit more about where we are today with the, the pricing of hydrogen in general. So where, where, how does it work at the moment? Yes, happy to do so. And maybe also to give you a little bit of background, why is it that EX is looking actually into this topic? So EX stands for European Energy Exchange. So we are the biggest energy exchange in the world covering gas, electricity, and CO2 markets. So it's kind of natural that we also look for new commodities And hydrogen is such a new commodity, a very exciting commodity. But I have to say we are still very much at the beginning. So although there is a market for hydrogen, for hydrogen derivatives, for instance, ammonia, methanol, this is all gray. There is no market so far or no big market for green hydrogen and derivatives. So what this market is definitely lacking are prices. There is not a price signal there stemming from a marketplace like an exchange. Of course, there is bilateral trading, but this bilateral trading is still very small. So there is not yet the need for creating something like an exchange where you need liquidity. But we are very confident that this will come. It has to come. Look at the numbers, look at the electrolyzers, look at the sheer need for hydrogen in the world and what it needs to attract volumes to make also clear globally where the hydrogen can or should go to, you need a price signal. And that's especially the case for Europe, which of course wants to cover its own demand of green hydrogen, but will be also very dependent on the import of green hydrogen. So we thought, what can we do as an exchange when there is still no market or there is still no need for establishing a traditional marketplace like an exchange. So we came up with two things, and I'm happy to talk about that today. The first thing is our new hydrogen, green hydrogen index, which is called Hydrix. And the second one is our new EX hydrogen auction platform. So, so Daniel, that is, yeah, that, let's, let's, let's park that. Because let's let's come let's go to that in a minute. But what I would like to learn more is so is is there already a hydrogen price out there? 
And how is that established? Because some of our, our listeners and viewers may think, okay, there is gray hydrogen. Is it traded? If it's traded, it has a price, right? How does it work at the moment? It's an easy question. Is there a price for hydrogen? But the answer is very difficult. So looking at the gray, let's say I call it gray hydrogen market. So what we have today, like for ammonia and methanol, of course, there are prices. These are big markets. These are big global markets, but we don't know these prices. No? These markets are rather non-transparent. That's the problem. And then it comes to green hydrogen, which is a very small fragment. Just to give you a perspective, in Germany, we think there is about 2% of green hydrogen compared to the overall hydrogen market. And then you ask me about prices. Um, There are several indices, um, which you also have seen in the past. So they all make a lot of sense. But all these indices are calculating indirectly the cost for production of green hydrogen. So how much is the electricity I need? How much is the CO2 certificate I have to buy? The guarantee of origin? What are indirect costs? What are efficiency gains, etc.? So these are uh, very interesting and very relevant indices. But I would assume or say that these are not indices which are easy to understand. And they are already only indirect calculations. So what we have done now, we have come up with an index which is based on physical trading. So companies tell us how much they pay for green delivered hydrogen in, Euro in Germany every Wednesday. And we collect these prices and out of these we make then an index, which is the Hydrix. So answering your question, yes, there is now some more price transparency, but it's far from being perfect. Now, with this price transparency, the, the reporting going on, um, is it still such light volume that it's very volatile in the pricing? Is it is it consistent pricing? Is there enough volume on the market or does it kind of go all over the place based on individual transactions because it's not that much volume yet? Yeah, I would say that's a very good question. And we often get that question. Huh? What is the volume? What is behind our index? And my answer is always our index is as mature as the market. And the market is very immature. So when we ask our data provider, our price providers, contributors, we call them, we tell them, look, you tell us how much you pay. We Do not give a lot of kind of detailed rules. So we say it has to be green, but it has to, it's been up to you whether it's green or not. We also do not ask where is the extra delivery point. So that's up to you. It's also possible that you include transportation costs. And also very important, we cover both the sell side, but also the buy side. So also what is the... Um, availability or what are you ready to pay and of course that also then includes subsidies so you do not know that so but we know that this is a highly subsidized area this green hydrogen so this is also then reflected in the prices we will get and all of these information we take together and we calculate on our index and maybe one last word if we would be more picky <laughs> we would give more detailed um, requirements, for instance, well, what is green, we would not be able to create any index. But I expect with 
the growing market, the growing maturity, also our index can be more granular, can be more specific. And then, and maybe you covered this and I didn't quite catch it. How regional is the index? How 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 regional is the, the pricing structure going to be for green hydrogen, or at least here at the beginning of the hydrogen life cycle for green hydrogen? What has been very important in the beginning, and we started already two and a half years with trying to come up with the hydrex, so it took us a long time. It shows you how difficult it is and how small the market is. And also, let's say, that there is not that much appetite maybe to also deliver transparency, but we always make sure that we ask our customers, what do you want? What is the price you need most? And where is, of course, then uh, the readiness to support? So we start with an index, a green hydrogen index, Hydrix for delivery in Germany. So it's hydrogen in Germany. But of course... Um, now we have started that in May. We have received a lot of attention, a lot of requests. So this is easily to be duplicated. And if there's enough interest, of course, enough contributors, we can also consider to come up with an hydrix for other regions, let's say. Daniel, what is the momentum at the moment? So how does how is the hydrix growing? The number of contributors, the number of subscribers where are we at the moment? So it's a young product, but maybe you can already tell something about, is there some, do you see changes and what is your expectation over the next coming months and years? Yeah, it was interesting. It was difficult to start the index. I won't give you now numbers because this will then um, also not, you know, be good for the contributors because it's still a small market. So we can, uh, we need to be, we keep that confidential. Um, But since we have started our index in late May, the attention has been big. Huh? So I give you one example. Uh, one producer of green hydrogen really was looking for a price signal from Germany. So that is a producer from outside Germany already delivering green hydrogen or a derivative to Germany. And now with that price signal, he had much more possibilities to also negotiate prices with the buyer. And then immediately in return, we asked him, but can you also help us and can you deliver prices for that index? And he said, yes. So this is the way how it works. So with a nascent market where you are not yet established, where you do not have what we call a lot of OTC trading, no bilateral trading, the need or the interest of the motivation to create transparency and to grow via that transparency is much higher compared to a market which exists for a long time, which is well-established and which is rather bilateral. So this is a big inference, difference. So I think we have a lot of momentum here and I really hope and I also can only ask our listeners today to join and to help to further develop this index, maybe also in other regions. Just one, one last question on the Hydrix. So where do you see the Hydrix grow in, let's say, one or two, three years, what is your, let's say, your, 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 your aim, your goal? Yeah, I think there are some success factors to it. So what, what do you need an index for? You need an index in order to know what is the price and what are incentives or maybe where should you actually send the hydrogen you're producing. And I'm not talking about non-European countries, huh? 
So from these countries, we got a, let a lot of interest. So if you ask about growth potential, that the Hydrix is actually known globally as an indication how much you get for hydrogen in, in Europe or specifically in that case in Germany. And then, of course, that's also what already happens, that the Hydrix is included in bilateral contracts. So you have long-term contracts, which usually have also some flexibility. That's the case with all these contracts, which are then linked, I don't know, to the gas price development, electricity gas price development. And why not connect or link long contract, a long-term bilateral hydrogen contract also to our Hydrix? I think this would show really the relevance and um, over time we will see more contributors. The Hydrix will become more valid and then, and then something, Roman, we can talk about now is that what comes next and how can the Hydrix lead to the next step and how can step, I'm talking about real trading on an exchange, how can that help Hydrix as well? Yes, I think having or uh, referencing that index in a contract is the first and one of the most important steps, right? Because it shows you that people have trust in the data and trust in the, in, 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 in the mechanism. You mentioned when you started to to talk about EEX motivation and about the, 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 the way you address this. You mentioned next to the Hydrix another initiative, hydrogen platform. So um, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that hydrogen platform, please. Yes, happy to do so. So it's not, let's say, our main interest to only create an index. An exchange wants to create real trading. We want to have a platform where you log on and where you see a lot of traders being active, uh, contracting, where volumes go up. So that is what an exchange is looking for. And so we thought, what can we do to help this very nascent market right now? And the idea behind our platform is to provide auctions. We have created that auction platform that is not at all rocket science. It's very, let's say, I sometimes compare it with eBay. So what we offer is a platform where you as a seller, so you produce hydrogen and you look for buyers or also buyers which are in need of sometimes huge volumes of hydrogen, which use that platform as a buy auction platform. So this is then the idea behind it. And I think the beauty of that platform is we can offer all kinds of auctions. These can be designed and um, calibrated the way the user wants it to be. So you can tell, look, I want green hydrogen and you give them the criteria, what you think is green. You say, I want the hydrogen to be delivered at that harbor or at that train station or wherever. So you give clear signs or clear details on what you need. And then you open that auction on our platform. And then you see who is interested. And we run that auction mechanism, a very classic auction mechanism and who pays most then gets, let's say, the hydrogen or then the other way around. And then the nice thing about it, you will have all these auctions at one place and you can't compare. So that is something which comes along. It is transparent. This 
will lead to prices published on our website. So you might consider, oh, this is hydrogen produced somewhere at a corner. I'm not, you know, able to do anything. I have no connection. There is no grid. There is no transport. But anyway, this is something you have and you have that you can choose. And what we see, and that's like maybe a little bit of vision now, we see that these markets then, take for instance Europe, are growing together. For the moment, these are islands, islands in the sea, unconnected, but with the growing hydrogen grid, with the backbone, these markets might grow together. And then at some point you will see, look, it makes sense to link these islands and you have one auction only because there is transport between them and it's easy. So this is a kind of development we would like to see. Now, not being an expert on the topic, and maybe this isn't an ideal question, So hydrogen, as we said earlier in the interview, has existed for a long time. Green hydrogen is what this market is being designed for. Um, Wouldn't you just blend this in as just another offering in a traditional offering? Like, why does it need to be its own market? Why? Because, I mean, eventually someone might still buy gray hydrogen or, you know, other colors of hydrogen, depending on how it's produced. Why does it need to be on its own? Yes, that's a very good question. I, I think these are two separate segments. And the gray hydrogen market, which is big, huh? ammonia, methanol, others, has been there for a long time. And at least from my perspective, the willingness to change that market, which is OTC, is not that great. It's like always. Huh? It's a business model which is working fine, Why should you change it? Why should you create more transparency? And then the green hydrogen is another story. It's new and there you have more interest and more motivation. But certainly, I mean, the overall goal, let's be clear, is decarbonization. And the overall goal is to be carbon neutral by 2050. So the green hydrogen segment, I would see, is growing, growing, growing. So now Germany, let's say it's 2%. I will In order to achieve our goals, it has to grow. So that means that the gray segment will be shrinking and the green will grow and then will at some point in the far future replace the current gray segment. Okay, so I understand the energy transition and the carbon reduction angle of this, um, but typically with a lot of the renewables the financing and things are done differently in how they purchase right whether you're pre-purchasing or whatever because they're putting infrastructure in place so are we far enough in maturity around that that it's really a truly a commodity or are folks you know if i'm a large industrial player or a steel manufacturer or someone that i need quite a bit of hydrogen am i investing in also the infrastructure to deliver that to me or am i just buying molecules yeah so subsidy schemes is a is a big topic. So of course I'm 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 with you that without subsidies we will not create this market. But creating a market based on subsidies is not sustainable. So we have to look for subsidy schemes which have as a goal to create a real market where this has a value which needs to be paid for. So that is a little bit the art here. And um, so there are different subsidy schemes. We hear a lot about the IRA in the States. There are lots of direct subsidy schemes here in Europe. 
But there's also one subsidy scheme we might talk about as well, which is the H2 Global subsidy scheme, which has been uh, created, uh, I think, about two years ago. And where the goal is really to only bridge the current gap between willingness to pay for hydrogen and what is actually requested for hydrogen. And this is when, over time, we would expect once the costs for the production of green hydrogen are going down, this gap is getting closer and closer and the extra financing need by the state is reduced until a time when you would say we do not even need that subsidy scheme anymore because offer meets demand. So that is then a big question. And then lots of other things, Chris. Is there an incentive for industries really to buy green? What about quota system? What about the qualification of green hydrogen? How do you prove things? So all of these things do not yet exist. Uh, they are still in the making. And until we get there, an auction like we organize it or we offer it to our customers, which can be um, configured, is the best solution. So thank you for that answer. I, I, I get kind of the auction approach. Um, and, and I understand it's early. I think you said about 2% of, of hydrogen at this point. So you gave it's a pretty small part of the market that we're expecting it to be. Have you seen organizations, trading organizations, start a green hydrogen trading desk? Or is this still handled by a trader somewhere else yet? <laughs> if it's, tra- if it's, if it's uh, I know, I have not seen. I mean, if there is someone out there with a green hydrogen desk, please say hello. Uh, I would be excited to get him no. But no, I don't think that that's the case yet. But companies look into that. Huh? They, they, they think about it. And um, hopefully next year, when we have more liquidity, at least create some liquidity in the auction, uh, then there might be more, more interest. But then to be clear, a trader, for trading, you need continuous trading. And that also does not exist. But that would be then, of course, the next step. Once we have an auction, you could think of a, what we call a spot market. So a daily market where you trade on a daily basis. Um, and then, and so on. Further, you can think of a derivatives and the financial market, but that's far to the future. Then the auction. So the, the H2 platform is in development. Where, where is the... Where is it at the moment? Can, can interested parties already apply? Uh, is it just a plan that's being rolled out next year? Where are you there? No, it's there. It's there. It exists. Um, it has not yet been operated. So um, that's still an ongoing process. But we have an in, in-house uh, IT company and they have been, uh, yeah, have a lot of experience in creating auctions also in other fields. For instance, in the CO2 area, we are very active creating auctions. Um, so this is there. This is a platform. Um, and now we are in contact with uh, different stakeholders um, which would like to use that platform. And the first official stakeholder, which we have announced uh, in May, is H2 Global, actually. So that mechanism, um, maybe I go a little bit more in detail because it's a very nice example of how you, how a company can use uh, our platform. So H2 Global is going to import green hydrogen, as I said, globally. They're currently in the tendering process. 
that is something we are not involved in at all. They do that on their own. But what they are going to do is they will have long-term contracts to be tendered, 10-year contracts usually. But then once that hydrogen, let's say ammonia, is delivered to Europe, they are going to auction the hydrogen in small quantities. So they buy long-term, 10-year, they give investment security to the hydrogen producer somewhere out there, but then they sell short-term. They sell one-year contracts of hydrogen. So why is that? They create liquidity. They create price signals. They will not auction 10 years and then they have a lock-in effect. No, they do it like the salami. Huh? They create transparency. And where do they do that? At our platform. So this is the auction we already announced in May. We said that this is going to be launched end of next year, 2024. But of course, it depends whether we have hydrogen and whether these ships of hydrogen are coming over, going to some of the harbors. But let's say once that is known and once you know exactly there is a ship coming, there's a tanker coming, and you know when it is coming, you can start the auction. And of course, you, and that is the interesting part, you always get the question like, what about the transport? How do I get the hydrogen? There is no, let's say, hydrogen backbone yet. So how do I get the hydrogen from the harbor? And that's the big question. But you know that, that the hydrogen will be there. So you need to take care. Is it by train, by ship, by lorry, or is there a, actually a pipeline? So this is then creating something, desire. You know? Think about it. Is it worth to organize myself? So these are kind of things we will see popping up. So this is the, one of the examples I can give H2 Global using our platform for auctioning short-term contracts. But of course, uh, we would like also more customers see like these can be other countries auctioning, for instance, hydrogen as part of the subsidy schemes, but also like big companies. I mentioned it in the beginning, like industrial companies consuming hydrogen. There are a couple out of there. And they might use that mechanism to have a transparent price and competitive mechanism to allocate and to get hydrogen. The, 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 the currency for all of these will be euro. Or do you see in an international platform another dominant currency for these hydrogen contracts? I don't know. I heard about the US also being very ambitious. Um, Oh, I don't know whether you are going to produce hydrogen for your own consumption or whether you also consider export. But I guess uh, Henry Hub, uh, I think that's the biggest gas hub in the world, is denominated in dollar. And I could see the desire to follow that example and den denominate also other hubs for hydrogen than in dollar. But as you mentioned, it, it is actually one of the issues we are also promoting that uh, the sooner we are able to establish a hub in Europe, the more likely it is that then this hydrogen traded at that hub is also denominated in, in euro. Yes, so that's that's something, of course, there's a certain beauty to it. But it's not about, let's say, the euro. I think that's not the main purpose. I mean, it's rather a race here because we have or we see other regions in the world which are also producing, China, for instance, and exporting, like Australia, hydrogen. And to attract their interest, we need a price signal and transparency. And you know that we are very ambitious in Europe with our green criteria. 
that's already an issue and might be challenging for some other countries to deliver. But at least if we are able to pay for and we send a price signal, we might be an attractive destination for these ships out there delivering hydrogen to Europe. I guess one thing that comes to mind, and, and, and this may show my ignorance on markets, is in hydrocarbons, you have to go search, find the hydrocarbons in a limited supply. Um, hydrogen, you get electrolyzers. There's a lot of solar. There's a lot of wind. You can use you know, nuclear. There's all kinds of ways to get the electricity to make green hydrogen. So do you anticipate the market being similar long term or because you can simply add more capacity if prices get high enough, right? So how does this play in the same kind of market we've been used to in the past? Because I, I think the situation may be slightly different based on the fact that I can just make more hydrogen. I don't have to go find reserves somewhere or, or have you know an OPEC kind of you know limiting it. Countries can decide to produce it. So help me understand how this is similar to the markets we understand from the past. <laughs> I think it's kind of similar. I mean, the difference is really we are at the start of a new commodity which does not exist yet. So we can look into new regions. We can consider what are the countries, let's say globally, we want to work together with. The mechanism as such will be the same. And we see, I mean, all these initiatives globally. So you have the traditional big oil countries, which are now also blessed with renewables, let's say. Yeah? Look at the Middle East. So these are also countries which have been um, exporting a lot of oil and gas, but also have a lot of sun yeah? and might now replace one commodity by the other because they have the availability. So this is something uh, where we can say, look, who is this most efficient and where do we get the best prices from? and who is able to fulfill our criteria. So it's, of course, politically driven. If it would only be a market where you look at the sheer production, who produces the most efficiently and who gives the best prices, and we would see a different development. But here we have other criteria. One we already discussed, that is green. Europe is extremely ambitious on what they consider to be green. Yeah? So they want to really create decarbonization. So gray hydrogen is not the first choice, let's say. So this is something where you can then make a difference. If you are a state or if you are the European Commission, by asking certain requirements, you can shape the market. And some regions might be more capable to fulfill these criteria. Others are not. So these are then the political factors. And also, of course, you can consider with your subsidies, which are needed in the beginning, what are the regions you want to bring up so that some regions I mentioned them are extremely wealthy and can do things on their own is obvious. But you could also say, look, we put subsidies into regions which have not been so much on the top and have not been so successful in the past because we want to have a diversity. We want to have a diverse supply. But then this is a political decision. But coming back to your question, I think in the end, it's a commodity as every other commodity and can have a lot of you know, political possibilities to shape the market. But you should be very careful that you will not depend on subsidies for the rest of your time, because at some point it has to be uh, profitable. That, that, that I think 
What you just said is a wonderful example of what we are trying to encompass with our podcast. So we're talking about the potential to produce anywhere around the world and, you know, who has the best, who's in the best position to produce it, uh, you know, at the, the cheapest, right, with or without subsidies. We have the problem of transportation. So how do we get it to the consumers, the pipelines? And, of course, then we have the creation of liquid um, markets and, and, and good auctions and ultimately probably exchanges and derivatives with your help. Hopefully, that was very insightful, very interesting also for me to hear about where, where EX is in, in supporting that, that development. So thank you again for, for being here today with us, for, for, for giving us that insight. Um, if people want to learn more about what you're doing, Will they be able to, to get in contact with you anytime soon? Yes, yes, of course. I would be happy to meet you at the Hydrogen Dialogue Summit and Expo on the 6th and 7th December in Nuremberg. Um, me or my colleague. And of course, please uh, feel free to have a look at our EX website. We have a dedicated website on our hydrogen activities. Have a look once a week at our Hydrix every Wednesday, 4 p.m. CET. The new Hydex is published. And yes, if you are interested in our platform and our auctions, then reach out. Happy to give you more insights. And thank you very much, Chris and Roman. It was an excellent time I spent with you this Friday afternoon, just before the weekend. Well, Daniel, it's been a pleasure for our audience. You're on the cutting edge of what's happening in hydrogen. We're on the beginning of a, a whole new wave, a new commodity coming out. You can see the, the effort of the exchange and getting things going. Um, if you're following this, I, I hope you're enjoying it. There's a lot more great content to come in future episodes of the hydrogen series here on the Insider's Guide to Energy. If you're a hydrogen expert or SME and you want to be on the series, you should DM me and we should see what's going on. But don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, do see us. I think Roman's also going to the um, Hydrogen Dialogues as well um, in Expo. Yes, I will. But we will see you again next time on Insider's Guide to Energy Hydrogen Series. Bye-bye.